0: Welcome to a homegrown family podcast where we grow the produce and the kids. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 12. Can't believe we're already that much past 10, but um, here we are. Tell you what guys, podcasting is not as easy as you think it is. It takes a lot of time and dedication and a lot of editing effort, especially when you're an amateur like myself and it takes a while. But um, here we are, just sitting in my uh, spare room once again. I'm Joe Metler, your podcast host, and today we have my brother David joining us. And uh, yeah, hi, David. Hi. Hey, so we got a good uh run of the mill topics here for you today. Give you a little quick little overview. We we're talking about just gardening stuff and more gardening stuff. So, <laughs> David is my younger brother, right beneath me. And education wise, he went to school for horticulture at NDSU and i guess professionally he's a sugar beet researcher and then uh he also is a orchardist by hobby so <laughs> there you have it folks <laughs> our brother and i can really kind of go back and forth on a lot of these topics all the time so we kind of geek out once in a while so hope you're here to kind of geek out with us a little bit so i guess some of my big highlights here this past month for me is that in the beginning of july i finally finished my rain barrel so i have two. 55-gallon barrels that are, you know, big blue barrels. I think they were used for chicken broth originally. And uh, the guy I bought them from didn't clean them out first. So it's kind of stanky as stanky to start, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, when well, we got these big barrels, so I got, a you know, 110-gallon capacity. And then just yesterday, you know, 24th of July, I finally ran out of water. So we had a couple little spurts of rain here and there, a tenth of an inch, but collecting off a good chunk of my roof. So it's kind of nice to see that. Um, kind of take place and actually that hard work kind of come to fruition and pay off so I guess in terms of the rain barrel I haven't had anything really negative about it I guess it's kind of holding its water and everything I have seen some people are online say that you shouldn't use water from asphalt shingles off your house for watering your garden but I don't really see why not I mean maybe there's some kind of leaching happening there but all the plants that are grown around my house look just as healthy. So <laughs> the ones that are, you know, getting them dripping on or, you know, where the, where the, the water's all shooting out the spouts, it's the grass looks good. So, um, I'm just going to go with that. But, um, anyway, so that's been going really well. I've had several meals of green beans that have been doing really well for me. So I think I'm going to have to do that one again next year. I always thought they take up too much space and I only put them in like a two foot by five foot area so 10 square feet or so and i've gotten several meals which is awesome my carrots are doing really well i've had you know six eight inch carrots basically I'm going to harvest those as i go throughout the rest of the summer um until i pick them all as long as they don't bolt um what else i got oh cauliflower i got some cauliflower that's like a uh, six inch head right now somewhere around there looking really good um my mom actually texted me a picture so they were over in uh europe and germany and doing some vacationing and they, she texted me a picture of this cauliflower that was the size of a (laughs) basketball i don't know david you said she she, did she send you the same picture
1: oh i was actually there um, oh you were there when she picked it yeah and it was a rather large cauliflower head uh it was a little little spaced out so i would have picked it a little earlier but you know she was gone so
0: (laughs) so that's that's question for our audience is like you know when do you pick cauliflower
1: Right. So generally speaking, uh, it depends on the variety a little bit, probably, but I'm looking for something the size of a dinner plate. Um, you know, maybe that 10, 12 inches across. Uh, however, if it starts getting spaced out, I guess you'd call it, right? Then you want to pick it before it starts flowering or something.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that the, uh, cauliflower head, you know, it's all big one head. Once it's nice and tight, you know, if you start getting a little bit of spacing there in the different florets, you know, um then you want to kind of sure as so you start seeing that harvest it because that's the time right ideally you'd harvest it for then i guess you know to get the ideal consistency on your cauliflower so once you get that 10 inches if it, has, if it hasn't started flowering yet then you may just want to go ahead and chop it off 10 inches and so yeah that's been pretty exciting i don't know david how's uh so keep in mind here before david start talking about his garden because <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause remember, I'm a zone three and he's a zone four, darn near zone five, I think, if I remember right. So we're talking about the gardening zones again. Um i have to go back and listen to uh the seeds and such episode, um, where we talk a little more about that or maybe talk about it in my introduction, I don't remember. But um I'm zone three in the usda growing zones and uh David's over in southern Minnesota as a zone four. So he's probably laughing at me because he's probably been harvesting peppers for a month already. I did harvest my first couple peppers here the other day. Yeah, good fist size. You know, I can't remember which ones they were, but they're tasting pretty good so far.
1: So I actually have not harvested um, any peppers other than I I did give a a neighbor a couple jalapenos, I guess. Um, So, yeah, I have uh, normal gardens, you know, just uh, in the yard there. I don't have any raised beds like Joe has. And I have a, a 40 by 70 garden and then a 50 by 25 foot garden. So I have a lot of space to grow a lot of different things. So I have a lot of viney crops. Uh, I have squash, uh, pumpkins, watermelon, cantaloupe. Uh, and I also have a lot of sweet corn, which I just picked my first sweet corn, uh, two days ago.
0: So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, so hopefully they'll be more ripe this weekend. You know, a couple of plants right on the edge always get a little more sunlight, a little more water. Uh, so generally speaking, those ones will just be a tish ahead of the rest of the row. Um, so hopefully this weekend we'll have a bunch of sweet corn. Uh, but otherwise, um, what we've been picking lately, uh, we harvested our garlic here uh, maybe two weeks ago and uh, had that hanging up to dry and uh, had a pretty good yield on that. We also harvested, like Joe said, we've been doing green beans, cauliflower, been harvesting a lot of eggplant, uh, carrots, pretty nice sized carrots too, right now. Uh, you know, I might start stealing potatoes out of the garden too, uh, if I need potatoes. So no point getting from the store now.
0: Yeah. You know, and I mentioned it in a different podcast here early on is that I know this is my first year I ever had garlic. I had a couple of clothes that were starting to sprout on me on my my shelf that i bought from the store so i shoved them in the ground and and i put them in my raised garden bed and then i got a couple of um cloves of garlic from david um which i think he got from my aunt he's really big into garlic and i'll, I'll probably have heard on the podcast here maybe this fall as we talk about planting garlic but uh and then as so i put four of those cloves that david gave me just next to my driveway but closer to my garage anyways it's kind of a really shady spot so it took forever and it's also where i plow my snow into so it took forever to get started but um i was kind of wondering oh gosh when do i harvest these things and so i looked into when to harvest it and i see blogs and you know facebook groups and things like that actually one thing to mention is that if you're not on a facebook group for gardening for your area it's a very good place to go and get resources for people asking questions there's all sorts of questions that get asked and so you probably have the same question but um, so I was wondering when do I harvest this garlic, and I'm like, oh, look at this! on the gardening, you know, Facebook page. They have everybody's asking, saying, "Hey, I just harvest my harvest my my garlic. When should I harvest my garlic?" And a lot of people around, well, I guess it's the Minnesota Growers page, was saying that you can harvest your garlic when you see the first two leaves, like basically browned off on the bottom, the two first bottom leaves, and they're kind of like, oh yeah, mid July, um, early July, somewhere in that neck of the woods. And some others were like, hey, once the bottom third of all the leaves go down. So, kind of probably depends a little bit. And you can always harvest one. And if it's kind of small yet, maybe, maybe you wait and harvest it a week later or something like that. But I did harvest my two ones that were in my raised garden bed because they're basically all brown. Because my marigold plant that I planted next to it was too big. (laughs) So, so I harvested those and they're both the size you'd get from the store, honestly. So I, thought that was about the right timing and then uh the other ones i planted i had one that was kind of starting to get covered up by one of my rhubarb plants too i try to squeeze in as much as possible you guys and i've kind of talked about this you know i do this layering thing and so i like my lower kale leaves are getting harvested and so now i have like a foot without any kale on it i'm gonna start planting lettuce underneath my kale and that you know the, this heat the summer sun and in the middle of july um there's gonna be this kale's gonna be shading my lettuce so hopefully it'll you know. Uh, work really well that way. Anyway, so I had this rhubarb in the way. And, uh, so I harvested one of the other bulbs that, or the other cloves that Dave gave me, and it was like the size of a peanut. It was so small. So I think, <laughs> I, I got some time to wait, I think. I got the, the bottom leaf is kind of browning a little bit, but I'm thinking I'm going for a full bottom third turning brown. But, I don't know, David, how, what has your experience been with the garlic? Yeah,
1: so uh again just as a disclaimer, we are novices when it comes to garlic, <laughs> not pros, not pros. <laughs> not pros. Yeah. Uh so this is only my second year growing garlic, and as a true researcher, I went out and bought six different varieties <laughs> so I could do an experiment and test them, right? Um so last fall, I got uh six varieties: Chesnick Red, uh German Porcelain, Northern White, Music Vietnamese red and Spanish rojo. And so I just ordered these from uh, a seed catalog company and uh, they gave me a half a pound of each variety. And I read the directions and planted them, you know, at the right depth and everything and spacing and um, mulch them right in the fall. You got to give them a little insulation because we're in, you know, northern climate here. Uh, these aren't necessarily winter hardy if they're exposed. Um, but most of, the, most of the hardneck varieties are winter hardy enough for us if you mulch them a little bit. You know, it was very interesting. The Vietnamese red and the Spanish, uh, or Roja, I should say, um, those two didn't overwinter as well for me. Um, it might've not actually been the cold temperatures as much as maybe being over mulched and we didn't actually have a cold winter. (laughs) And I think they maybe started growing underneath the mulch and actually, um, had some like stem rot or something that happened where didn't survive being underneath the mulch that I used. But the other four varieties did pretty well, uh, had pretty nice sized cloves. I did put on some uh, urea fertilizer before a rain just to give them a little nitrogen because I know garlic uh, is a very shallow rooted crop. And so they need, I wouldn't say they need a ton of nitrogen, but they do need a higher amount of nitrogen applied maybe at multiple times just to help Um, with that because they can't really mine nitrogen in the soil like some of your root crops like uh, a beet would have a nice tap root to send down
0: um yeah and and, uh if you're not too into the chemical fertilizers or synthetic urea and stuff like that you can put down some uh some blood meal that'd be a good one i think it's like a 10-0-0 um blood meal and since it's a slow release so you could probably put it on early in the season and you'll kind of get a little bit of a slow release nitrogen. Uh, release of your nitrogen there um probably for the, enough for the rest of the, the season i imagine depending on how much you put down but
1: yeah or use some manure compost in the fall when you plant but yeah so i guess you know a little bit of your your garlic size and stuff so i was laughing a little bit when uh, joe was talking about his peanut uh garlic plant and i'm thinking it's not going to get any bigger <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's probably more so the environment that it's in, right? Um, uh, you know, it's in, a, it's in a bad spot.
0: and Not it's, getting a lot of sun, yeah. Not getting
1: a lot of sun, not getting a lot of nutrients. Um, it's probably what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um,
1: so, you know, a lot of it depends on the spacing. You know, if you want to have larger garlic bulbs, uh, you should really space them out, you know, probably that six, eight inches instead of some sites might tell you four inches. Which is fine for a smaller bulb variety, but if you want large bulbs and large cloves, you should probably space them out a little bit more. Um, Just, you know, they get shallow roots again, right? So they can't really mine a lot, so you don't want them stealing water from each other or nitrogen from each other. And then there's just some, you know, variety differences in size too, right?
0: Yeah, so what was the um, biggest clove garlic that you planted?
1: Yeah, so out of the ones I planted, right, and there's there's lots and lots of varieties. Um, just in hardneck garlic varieties, right? So there's your porcelain types, um, there's a purple stripes, um
0: You mentioned not twice now, the hardnecked. So you have hardnecked and softnecked garlic?
1: Yes, right. So when you go to the grocery store and you are in that area where there's onions and potatoes and garlic, right? All it ever says is garlic yep so growing up you know i always just thought it was there's just garlic you know most people probably don't realize that there's actually multiple different kinds of garlic and lots and hundreds of different varieties and so what you see in the store is uh most of that softneck garlic and that's you know coming from somewhere that's warmer than where we're at here in minnesota maybe it's california or wherever but softneck garlic's generally not winter hardy Hardneck garlic, on the other hand, is more winter hardy, and it actually has a stronger flavor, more pungent, I guess I would say, um, compared to the softneck garlic. Is generally, it's it doesn't it's just your standard garlic flavor, right? It doesn't have any other side notes of anything. Whereas a lot of these hardneck varieties, you can get different hints of, I don't know, different flavors, right? Or a little bit of heat, even actually might be described. And uh, one thing I guess I'd say is the soft neck generally stores longer from my understanding. So that might be why that's what's commercially used. And uh, the hard neck doesn't store as long, I'd say, maybe two, two months to six months if you store it well. And that's, you know, putting it in a cool environment for temperature, but also lower humidity. Um, so that will help it store longer and good air ventilation.
0: Yeah, so it's pretty much safe to say anybody in the North Dakota, Minnesota area, if you're gonna plant garlic, make sure it's a hardneck garlic, basically. Probably, yeah. And after that, you can kind of do what David did and get a couple of different cultivars and try it out. So, you know, drumroll here. David's best garlic of the year is.
1: Yes, right. I
0: forget. Um.
1: So the
0: uh, music
1: garlic probably had the largest cloves. And then the German porcelain also had very large cloves, so pretty close second on that. The uh, chestnut red and the northern white that I had were, I'd say, medium-sized cloves. Not not huge, but not small either. And then the Vietnamese red and and Spanish roja that did survive, they were pretty small cloves. Um, And I think, you know, some of that's variety difference, but then also... Um, some of those were maybe planted a little closer together as far as the clothes, like the chestnut red. I had more clothes to put in the same amount of row feet, so I kind of just put them in a little closer too.
0: Yeah. So, um, you mentioned hanging them up and curing them. Do you have a quick rundown of how you're doing that or how you person should do that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's probably a few different ways you could do that. Uh, First of all, I would say that prior to harvesting them, people generally remove the, um, I guess you'd call it a false flower head on the the garlic, right? People call it a scape. It's not a true flower because it doesn't form seeds. It has little bulblets on them, so tiny little plants that it'll drop off kind of like winter onions do. So it's not a true flower head. But anyway, I digress. When your false flower head curls and comes out over the top of the plant, it's a good time that you can actually harvest that and use it in different dishes.
0: Yeah, um, I actually harvested mine after David told me I could do that <laughs> a couple of weeks back. And, uh man, I put them up in some mashed potatoes. That was great.
1: Yeah, um, stir fry. Um, I mean, um I'm sure there's all sorts of different options you could do that. It's pretty highly prized, actually. You can sell them at farmer's markets and different things like that. Um, and it's, it's so it tastes great. It, it's, it's a good thing that you could sell, but it's also – it takes nutrients and energy away from the bulb and the cloves that you're forming. So you want to remove it for that reason, too. And so you'll do that, and then you'll start noticing maybe some of the lower leaves will start to brown or yellow, And generally, that's an indicator that it's starting to reach the point where you might harvest, right, if the bottom third of the leaves are so. There's different opinions on that. Um, Then you could harvest them. And generally, what I did is that I tied them in groups of maybe 10, a dozen bulbs or so. And then I hung them upside down in my garage in a well-ventilated area to dry. Um, What I've read is that you don't want them in direct sunlight because that could result in some off flavors or something so you want to make sure it's not in the in a window or something like that
0: you yeah, could also spread them out so you're not um you're not uh washing these prior you're keeping all the dirt kind of intact just kind of rubbing the dirt off before hanging or actually you're not washing them sure
1: no 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 you're not washing them uh, yeah. basically you just you know knock some of the big dirt off yep. but otherwise you hang them up they dry just leave everything on them and then once they up there for maybe two weeks or so then what you would do is you know clip off the stem get rid of that and then i actually put mine in a kind of mesh cloth hanger and so i put each variety in a different bag basically so now i have them separated
0: nice yeah so that's garlic i guess for you we'll talk a little bit more about planting here probably in the fall when we get closer to that activity um but maybe dave will come back on board and kind of a taste testing with us or something yeah maybe
1: i'll bring <laughs> some to you and you can do a taste test
0: <laughs> a live taste test teach I'm yeah end well. <laughs> it's not a youtube channel that could be that could be entertaining <laughs> so yeah david has been seeing a lot of different pests out in his garden but we're gonna go ahead and uh, call a wrap and uh talk about those on the next episode so i mean eventually i'm probably just gonna have to start calling him a co-host or something but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want to be in that much work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you have any questions or anything, you can reach me at homegrownfam at com or on Instagram. And uh, yeah, until next time.